Let's turn in the word of the Lord to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2. Nehemiah, chapter 2. About two weeks ago, when Pastor David was here in the pulpit, he talked about the upcoming fast that we were going to be having. He shared with us, Pastor David shared with us about how Nehemiah received the burden of the Lord to build the walls of Jerusalem. And in the fact that Nehemiah took the time to fast and pray before the Lord concerning this burden and this word. So I want to continue this morning in this same direction because we're coming towards the end of our 10-day fast. So we're going to read Nehemiah chapter 2. We're going to read verses 19 and 20. And, and, when Sanballat, and when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us. And what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? So I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. A few weeks ago, Pastor Danny was in the courtroom with a court case with Karina here from the congregation. And uh, Pastor Danny and Karina happened to be there uh, in the court uh, concerning some legalities that Beit Yedidia is going through. So what the court decided is that we needed to close Beit Yedidia, which is our uh, guest house and also our community center downtown. So the same morning when I had my prayer time before the Lord, the Lord gave me these verses. The Lord God of heaven, he will prosper us and we will arise and we will build. And here I am, Pastor Danny is speaking, he's in the courtroom. And the judge that was before him, of course I don't know him, but he sees him as Sanballat. And he wants to close the place down, Beit Yedidia. And the way that he spoke to us was in such a mocking way. And even our lawyer who was representing us said, this is not normal in the courtroom, the way he was speaking. So he gave us a certain time frame. And if we didn't do what was required in that time frame, then Beit Yedidia would need to be closed. And so our experience was not good. But at the same moment, I held on to this promise that God of heaven, he would prosper us. And there would not be a person standing on the earth that would be able to stop what the Lord has planned for, it, for him to do. So this morning I want to speak to you about to arise and to build. We're not going to continue always in a prayer and fasting time. It's, prayer and fasting is to get closer to the Lord. It is in order to receive his plan. But after this is the plan that we need to arise and to build. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. We thank you that you have given us your word that is life for us. So, Father, we ask that you would use your word this morning to build us, each one of us. We ask that you would anoint Pastor Danny and Vova and myself. Father, that we would hear the voice of the Lord. In the name of Messiah, Yeshua, we pray. Amen. The prospering or the success of our building will come only through God. <laughs> so Pastor Danny is holding a booklet. It's not exactly what he wanted, but it's a booklet about how to build some shelving. He was in Ikea, and he bought a desk, like a writing desk. 
And so I decided, Pastor Danny decided to put it together on his own. So when he opened up the bag, the box, there was at least 80 little pieces or 80 pieces. And there's about 100 different types of nuts and bolts and screws. And not all the nuts and screws are the same. So Pastor Danny says, not very, not proudfully, but he has hands. He knows how, how to work and to build things. He's built things on his own. But at the same moment, but I knew in the same moment that according to my wisdom and my experience, there would be no way that I would be able to succeed in building this writing desk without looking at the manual and the pictures that they had given me. So for three hours, so I put together every piece, every nut, every screw. I always went back to the booklet, make sure that I put the right nut or the right screw in the right place, in the right hole. So there was a few small little problems, but not big ones. But at the end, I had a wonderful writing desk. So when I think about building, here Nehemiah says we are going to build the walls of Jerusalem. The way that we can truly build in the right way is only through the Word of God. This is the one that will give us direction and guidance. This Word of God will show us how to build. Most of you know that in the future we want to plan on having services and meetings only in the Hebrew language. This meeting will take place at Beit Yedidia. And already some people have come to me with many different ideas. So even others have come to me and said to me, I need to go to other people because they know how to build up this congregation in the Hebrew language. But Pastor Danny's prayer is that we will receive exactly the plan that God has in heaven for this. We will receive it here on the earth, not the ideas of somebody else. So maybe in a certain place, this certain plan works in that place. It doesn't necessarily mean that that same plan would work here in the land. And therefore, we're praying. We are fasting. Even the same way that Moses sought God's face and wanted the whole plan and got the exact plan for the tabernacle, he could just gather some coal. He could gather some people, the engineers. They would make a committee. They would sit down, and they would say, let's build a tabernacle. No. He received the plan from the heavens. And after he received this plan from God, God brought forth the people that could build it. And I believe that God is calling each one of us to arise and to build. Amen. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel chapter 7. We'll read from verse 1. Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all of his enemies all around, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains. Verse 3. Nathan says to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. King David was busy with just surviving. There was always wars. There was always enemies. 
So then suddenly God gives him a moment, a special moment of time, that he has peace all around. And so at this moment, he starts to think. So all of a sudden, he starts to realize there's something wrong with this picture. Something is not right. He says to himself, here I live in a very special house. I have many things. But the, the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains. And on his heart, he got the burden to, re- to build a place for God. A home. This same burden that he got at that moment, it blessed the Lord. Even though God said to him, you, you would build a house for me. He says, the heavens are my throne. And the earth is my footstool. But from that moment, because there was one person that he had a burden on his heart to build something for God. God promised him that from him and from his seed, Messiah would come. As you know, that King David was not allowed to build the temple, but his son did. He built a home for God. My prayer for you for this morning, for each one of you, is that we will have the burden to build a home for God, a place for God, a dwelling place. For King David, this burden was so strong in his heart. In Psalms 132, Psalms 132, a song of ascents, Lord, remember David and all his affliction, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. Surely I will not go into the chamber of my house or go up to the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. King David swore. He said, I will not give sleep to myself. I will not rest. I will not rest until I find a dwelling place for God. This same burden that Nehemiah had to come and build the walls of Jerusalem. It didn't, this type of burden didn't come out of a moment of emotions that said, yes, now I will go build something, and then later on it falls by the way. It was a decision. I will go and build a temple, a home for the Holy, for God, and I will not give myself to sleep. I will not allow myself to rest until it happens. And my prayer this morning is that each one of us would have this burden in our heart, that every one of us would arise and build, build for God. If we turn to Matthew chapter 16 in the New Covenant, I say before you this morning that I don't have all the revelation, but I'm always trying and wanting more and more. Matthew chapter 16. We start with verse 13. When Yeshua came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am, the Son of Man, am? Verse 14. So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. For a moment, 
Yeshua is walking with his disciples. And all of a sudden, he surprises them with some questions. He says, tell me, what is everybody saying about me? And so they tell him what they've heard. Some say that you're John the Baptist. There's others that say you're Jeremiah, you're Elijah, you maybe you're the prophets. These are, these are like good rumors. They sound good. Wow, to put you right up there in the same reputation as the prophets and Jeremiah and Elijah. Then he surprises them with another question. Verse 15. But he said to them, But you, who do you say that I am? Who am I? Now I want to ask you. I believe there was a silence for the moment at that same time. Maybe they looked one at each other and said, who's going to be the first one to speak and answer? Maybe we need to make sure that we word the, the right answer in the right way. And maybe there's others that say, well, maybe we shouldn't say anything. But Simon Peter, he opens his mouth and he says, verse 16, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. What a statement. You are Messiah, son of the living God. The next verse, Yeshua says to him, You have not received this on your own, but your Father in heaven has given it to you. In verse 18, he also says, But I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Verse 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. It seems like because he knew the right answer that it it looked like he received a prize. So the Catholic Church has uh, put these um, verses into a way that they believe. But the way that Yeshua gave the statement to Peter that you have the keys of the kingdom. So here they believe that Yeshua gave Simon Peter to be the first pope. And they believe that every pope after this that has arisen has taken Simon Peter's place and they have the keys. But I want to. I want to tell you this morning that this promise, according to what I believe, is for each one of us. Amen. Every one of us. There are keys for building. There are keys that God wants to give each one of us. In the book of Revelations, we see what these keys are. And we see that these are the keys of Hades and death. And we also see in the book of Revelations that Yeshua says, I am he who lives and was dead, and I have the keys of Hades and death. These keys, they will give to us the ability to build what God is calling us to build. The answer of Simon Peter did not come because of his own wisdom. 
but because the Father who is in heaven revealed it to him. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's not enough to just say you are Messiah, you are Christ. You are the Son of God. Some of you that some of you that know the Jewish background and culture knows that to say when you say that somebody is the Son of God, it's not something that is acknowledged in the Jewish background and culture. And even when Yeshua stood before the Sanhedrin and he said, He is the Son of God, we read that the high priest pulled his robe and tore his robe in anger, and thus also allowed and caused them to want to crucify Yeshua. Many people believe that Yeshua was just a good prophet. And there are some that believe he was Messiah. But the Son of God. This really takes it up higher to a new level. Son of the God. So here we see that Yeshua relates himself and corresponds himself to being equal with God. Today, in our time, there is the whole problem arising that whether or not Yeshua was really equal to God. There are many people, even among the believing society, that go away from the truth of whether or not Yeshua was the Son of God. But when you believe in this, you live this, you know that He is your God, and you are His servant, you are His slave. To you is given the keys. And then you can build. Amen. Then you can do things for the Lord. And you know what's wonderful about this verse? That Yeshua, he will build the congregation or the church. Not me. Not you. He will build. We are just his vessels in his hands that he will use each one of us. He will build the congregation, not us. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 15, you don't necessarily have to turn there, but everyone who says that Yeshua is the Son of God, God dwells in him. Everyone who says that Yeshua is the Son of God, God dwells in him. Do you know what this says to me? If you believe in Yeshua, if you confess that Yeshua is the Son of God, that He is Messiah, if you confess that, God abides and dwells in you. The presence of the God do you know, will dwell in you. Do you know what we need after this? Nothing. <laughs> if God is with you, amen. Who, we don't need anything else. God of the heavens, He will prosper us. He's with us. And we will arise and we will build. We are here to build. I praise the Lord for the pioneers that came to the land and they built. You know that the land of Israel was not always like this. The land was full of swamps and disease. But the pioneers that came here, they built. They dried up the swamps and they made highways. They made houses. They, they built government and authorities, 
police departments. There was nothing here, but there was people that came with a vision in order to build. And we, as the congregation, the believing congregation of Yeshua, we are here to build, not buildings. Maybe God called us to build a building. But I don't want us to start building buildings, but to build the body of Christ here in the land. Is there anybody here that wants to be part of this building? Amen. He's calling you to build. And when we build, there will be a Sanballat, like we read in Nehemiah, and others will arise, and they will try to discourage you, and they will, dis- they will go against you, and there will be moments, and some of the people that are building with you will not want to. Oh, some will have to guard, and some will have to build. There will be sometimes that you will have a sword in one hand, and then the other hand you will be building. There will be wars and problems. There will be people going against you. It happened during the time of Yeshua, and even now it happens. Amen. But God of heaven, he will allow us success, and we will continue to build. Build up the body of Christ here in the land. One of the wonderful things, I think a few days ago in our prayer meeting, uh, Pastor David told us this. Um, We won't turn there, but it's in Psalms 127. If you're writing notes, it's in Psalms 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain, those who build it. Amen. We know here in this congregation, amen, that if the Lord is not involved in the things that we're doing, if the Lord is not involved in the things that we want to do, if these things are, that we want to do are not born in prayer and in intercession, then we don't want any part of this. Just because a thing is good does not mean that it is the purpose of the Lord for you. You know how many times certain people have started so many projects that they sounded so good, and at the end, everything failed. Because it didn't come, the plan didn't come from heaven. It didn't come from prayer and from intercession. Those of you that are new here in the congregation, you should know that every work, everything that we are involved in here in this congregation was born through prayer. Was born through prayer. And this is why we fast and pray. Mm. We want to know the plan of the Lord. We want to know how he wants to use us. How does he want to build? We don't want to look at some example of what's happening in another country, in another plan, in another state. Praise God for what he's doing in these other places. Mm, yes. Yes, we, Lord, we want to know what you want to do here with us. Show us. How do, how do we go to the Israelis among us? We have... We do not have a little booklet that says, this is the plan and the way of how to reach the Israelis with the gospel of the Messiah Yeshua. There's no book like this. We have to receive it from him, from God, from the heavens, and he will show us how to do it. The Israelis, the locally born, you know what a sabar is. 
A sabar is the top of a cactus, the little fruitful part at the top of the cactus that's outside with many prickly parts, but inside is sweet fruit. We need to get through that prickly part. We're planning and preparing for this. But thanks be to God, He will show us how. We are here to obey and to build. Amen. And the gates of hell will not go against what God wants to do. He is here to give us the keys. Do you want the keys? Do you want the keys? Do you want these keys? They're open and available for each one of you. You know that the Catholic Church doesn't realize that they gave, that Yeshua gave the keys of the king to him to an Israeli at Sabar, one who was born and raised in the land. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, these are very important verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's read verse 10. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 10. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. We need each one of us be careful how we build. Verse 11, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Yeshua, Messiah. We need to make sure that Yeshua is the foundation. Every time we build, there's, every time we build, there's always the temptation to take a little bit of that glory that we should give to God for us. Just a little bit. Sometimes they say, wow, you did such a good job. There's something inside of us that says, aha. Look at me. Oh, no. You know that Yeshua, for some people, Yeshua was the center of everything. And little by little, they pushed him to the side and pushed him to the side until now he's not even in the picture at all. Everything that we build, Yeshua needs to be the central part. Everything is around him, surrounding him, not surrounding us, not surrounding the work. Not surrounding Israel, surrounding Yeshua. He is the central part. And then you can build. And do you know why it's so important that Yeshua is the central part? Because later on we see why. Verse 12, 1 Corinthians three twelve. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Our God, He is a consuming fire. Sometimes something, something that makes me smile is when, when we sing that song, Let the Fire Fall. <laughs> when we sing, Let the fire fall, let the fire fall. And sometimes people are just singing this all happy and they're not even aware of what they're singing. The fire of God? Do you really want the fire of God? Listen. The fire of God will test every single work, every single thing that you're doing. And at the end, what will stay? That is the thing that you should be holding on to. Verse 14. If anyone's work which he has built on it, endures, 
he will receive a reward. Verse 15, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. When we come to the heaven, to the day of, of our judgment, before God, everything that we have done here on the earth, everything that we have built, will stand a test. Think for a moment what you have built today, what you've built in the past, everything will stand a test. A few days ago, Pastor Danny was on his way to the prayer meeting, early morning prayer meeting at 6. So there was a green light, and I started to drive. Pastor Danny started to drive. And it seemed like uh, another driver that was coming from the opposite direction than what I was going. He was obviously sleeping, and he went through the red light. <sighs> if he would have come 60 centimeters closer, he would have hit me, and we might have had a memorial service at this moment. And so the first moment... The first thing I thought of right after this moment when he zoomed by me and barely missed me, I thought, Lord, am I ready to meet you today? Think for a moment. Are you ready to meet the Lord today and to say to him, everything that I've built, everything that I've done, I did it according to what was needed. That This scared me a little bit. In a good way, it scared me, but it still scared me. And, I, and Pastor Danny prayed, Lord, in the day that you take me, I want to be in the best situation that's available. So pa Pastor Danny has an uncle who got a heart attack in front of the TV, and he passed away. And he thought to Pastor Danny, thought to himself, wow, what a way to pass away and to meet the Lord. The last thing you did when you passed away was you were sitting in front of the TV. I want to be ready to meet the Lord. I don't want to be like those who have been saved and it's like they've got caught the last train. You'll be saved. You'll be saved, but it's like right at the edge. And, and so in, in school you have a grade that's like 55. That's like it, in English, it translates you barely passed. <laughs> Danny says sometimes he meets students he was one like this and he says I, I, I decided that at least I passed I passed and so 55 on a test no big deal I passed and sometimes we keep our standard in this type of grade that we got why not ascribe and go up for 100 why not go up for higher to build things of gold, build things of silver, build things that are foundationally rise, build things for the Lord. Then there will be something that you can hold on to and not dust or ash, nothing. God calls us to build and to make sure that everything we build, that Yeshua is the center of everything. So what are we called to build? We are called to build the body of Christ. It's to build your family. It's to build your brothers and sisters around you. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we're not going to turn there. Paul tells us how that we are to go with the spiritual gifts that each one is given. 
Some are prophesying, some are speaking in tongues. They didn't lack for spiritual gifts. They were of the congregation that everything that God has, give to me. So he gives to them this, these chapters and this book, and he says to them, everything that you do, make sure that you do it so that the congregation can be built. Everything that you have received from the Lord, it's not for your personal gain. It's not to give you a name, but it's to build the body, to build the congregation, to build up each other. How can we build up each other? We pray one for another. We encourage one another. We help one another. I'll ask you a question. When did you build somebody last? Don't answer. You don't have to answer. But think about it. Today, did I encourage or build up somebody today? Did I help somebody today? There, there's always people that want others to encourage them. Start encouraging each other. God calls us to build up and encourage one another. Not to judge. Not to always pay attention to the negative things. Let's build up one another in good things. Yeshua gives us the keys to build the body of Messiah. I pray that our motives in our building are right and pure. That the things that we keep inside are motives that nobody else sees are pure. Each time, Pastor Danny says, each time he tells us that he, when he's invited to some place to speak, one of the things that he goes through personally, and he prays that his heart is in the right place, that every motive in his heart, or what he's going to share, every motive is pure. Not to become famous, not to build relationships, not to gain offerings, but it is only to build up the people. But the, my main purpose and desire is that the name of Yeshua would be shown and glorified in these people, that I would have pure motives. Let's go to Amos chapter 9. Amos chapter 9. Nobody says that we have to have these verses that we're going to read now only during Sukkot, which is the Feast of Tabernacles. Amos chapter 9, verses 11 and 12. Amos 9, 11 and 12. On that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. And repair its damages, I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. This is an old prophecy that talks about the restoration of Israel. There are some people that relate to this as a prophecy that will be fulfilled in the future. Yes, according to this, there's also truth in this. But do you know when I believe that part of this will be fulfilled? It was fulfilled 2,000 years ago when Yeshua came and the Kehilah, the congregation, arose and was built. Part, part of the tabernacle of David, which had fallen down, rose up. And one day it will be on a national level. Verse 12, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who called by my name, says the Lord who does this thing. 
the enemy of our souls, destroys and tries to destroy everything that God has put into place. Everything. And we, the keys that, that Yeshua wants to give to us, we are to build up from those broken things that have, built, have been broken down. What things are we to build up? We're to build up the family, family life, the family cell. When people from outside look at the believers, that they can see relationships in a marriage that are proper, that are right. This is what we're supposed to be doing. This is what we're supposed to be building. That through our life, through our style, that there's an example. And it renews the truth of God. Last night, Pastor Danny and his wife Luann and their family had some soup for dinner. And uh, their daughter started to share a little bit about what went through, what was happening in school. How that their teacher, one of their teachers started to say, well, there wasn't really 10 plagues in Egypt. And so these are some things that happened, maybe scientifically, they have a, a science way to explain it. And the girls are just talking among themselves, and Pastor Danny just sat and listened. And so one of the girls said, it's, it's illogical. How did she come to this thinking, this ideas? And so they even started talking one to another, how this is the truth of God, these, these ten plagues. And of course, the, the teacher doesn't believe in this. He, obviously, she found this in some sort of National Geographic. But all of the lies that surround us and our children, even in school, these pieces that are destroyed, God calls us to build them up again. Wasn't it wonderful to see our children this morning praising the Lord and singing? And God says, out of the mouths of babes and infants, I have given a foundation and a truth. What are we supposed to be building? Also our children. Also our young people. To stand in front of the teacher and say, what you're saying and what you're teaching is not true. God is alive. And his word is truth. We are called to build. And in the second verse that I read, in this tabernacle, there will also be Gentiles and Jews, Jews and Gentiles and Arabs. God is raising the tabernacle of David that has fallen down. Here on this mountain, Elijah fought against the, the prophets of Baal, the ones that were telling lies. After they did a test of who's the true God, Elijah said to them, you call on your God, on his name, whatever his name is, and I'll call on my God, and the God who answers by fire, he is the true God. And they had an altar. Also, these prophets of Baal, they tried to call on the name of their Lord. From morning till afternoon, evening, nothing happened. But, but afterwards, Elijah came. And it says in 1 Kings 18 that he repaired, Elijah repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Here in our congregation, if you don't know it, we are always speaking and we have a strong a relationship with Elijah the prophet. And even Pastor David has written a book about this. And I've read these verses many, many times. 
But last night when Pastor Danny read these verses, but he saw that the enemy destroyed the altar of the Lord. And then Elijah came, and he repaired the altar of the Lord. He took the stones, and he moved them, and he put them one on top of another, each in their place. And then he prayed. And it says that the fire of the Lord came down. When we start to build, when we start to bring a healing to the altar of the Lord here in Israel, the fire of the Lord will come. And the fire that sanctifies, makes us holy will come. And all of Israel will come to the place where they will say, Amen. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Let's stand, please. Father of heaven, God of heaven, you will prosper us. We are your servants. We will arise and we will build. Father, I ask that you will help each one of us to build. To build a home for you. Here in Israel. In our homes. In our lives. That you will be able to come and dwell with us. Father, we need your presence. We need your sanctification. Father, we proclaim that without you, we can do nothing. Father, we're nothing without you. We're dust. But Father, you are God. You are with us. When you are with us, this is all we need. Father, I thank you for each of your children that's here this morning. Father, I know that you will check our hearts. Father, even if we have taken a little bit of the honor that belonged to you, Father. Oh, Father, change us. Father, make it right that you would be all, that you would be the center. That you would be the foundation. You would be the cornerstone of our life, of our families. Father, of everything that we do. Father, help us. Help us, Father. We bless your name, Lord. Father, we thank you that you want to build the body of Christ here in the land. We thank you for what you've done up until now. But, Father, we know there's so much more that you want to do. Father, we want the keys. We want the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Father, we... Father, we want the keys of the kingdom of heaven to open up the gate, the gates that work, open up the gates of the people's heart that will bring them to Messiah Yeshua, that they would find life. Please, Father, we beseech you, Lord. I want each one of us to take the time now to check our hearts before the Lord. To check our hearts before the Lord of everything we're building. What are our motives? And is Yeshua really the center part? Is he really the foundation, the cornerstone? If we have taken any honor or glory for ourselves, there's a place for forgiveness and repentance.
Let's take the time. I believe that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to just build up the broken places in our country, but I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to build up those broken places that are within us. And I believe that the Lord is here to give the anointing, to give you the king, the keys to give you the authority to bring healing, to bring restoration. Every part of your life, every part of your life that you feel that there is something destroyed, that there is something there that needs restoration and healing. If you feel that there is something broken down, destroyed in your heart and in your life, the Lord is here to give you the power, to give you the authority to restore, to be restored new. So we want to open the altars at the front. We invite you to come. Those that need prayer, come to the front. You're welcome to come to the front, to the altars, to pray.